Looking at me, like, why is he looking at me? What did I do? It's great to see your all's lovely faces. I know we had a great time at the Sweetheart Banquet last night, did we not, Steve? Had our beautiful brides there, won some great prizes, which was fantastic, and had some good food. So praise God for that. Uh, anytime that you guys can get involved in any of those things, please do, because they are a great time. We, we lift each other up. We have some great conversation, and uh, it's just a fantastic time. So 
Make sure you get plugged in here at New Life. Get plugged into something if you're not already. Just find something. And I know some people say, well, I just don't know what to do. Well, that's okay. Try something. If it doesn't work, we'll try something else. If that doesn't work, we'll find something that fits, I promise. There is plenty to do here in this church. Yes, we are small, but there is plenty to do. So get plugged into this church somehow, and you'll just receive more blessings from the Lord. I promise you that. So let's pray about the service. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for ministering to us as you always do. Lord, just lift this service up to you, Father. Make it what you want it to be. Father, be with anyone in this service, anyone in this building that needs you. Lord, I just ask that you fill them from their head to their toe. Lord, we thank you and praise you for the ability to just worship you and just say thank you for who you are and what your son did. In your son's name.
Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes, Jesus. from 
worshiping this morning sometimes God will show me the theme throughout the songs I pray every week that God gives me the songs that he wants us to, to sing to worship him and uh, sometimes sometimes he'll, he'll show me the theme in the songs as I'm picking them out but sometimes he waits till worship and I don't know if you've noticed but the theme through all these songs has been that he has not he will not forsake us he has not forsaken us he did not forsake us and he will never forsake us and I just feel that maybe there's some people in this room maybe there's some people watching online maybe there's some people that will watch in the future maybe even years from now that needs to hear that he will not forsake you he will not forsake me he will not forsake any of us it's in his word it's his promise to us no matter what we're going through Maybe even not even, no matter what choices we make, he will never forsake us. And something that stood out to me in this song is that you feel me, you see me. You know, there's a lot of times that we don't feel seen. We don't feel known. We don't feel appreciated. We may feel alone. We may be in a room full of people talking to him and still not be seen. God wants us to know that he sees you and me. He sees us. He sees what we're going through. He sees our victories. He sees our challenges. He sees our shortcomings. He sees our failures. He sees our trials. He sees our struggles. He sees the things that's coming against us, all the things that we're going through. He sees us in the midst of it all, in all the noise, in all the chaos. He sees us, and he does not forsake us. You know, we can make bad choices sometimes. Sometimes we sin unknowingly, and sometimes we choose. That's sometimes we choose, and that's shameful, shameful to me. God never deserves for me to sin against him. He only deserves my utmost praise. But we sin sometimes, and we choose to sometimes. But even in the midst of that, God does not forsake us. God will not forsake us, and we need to hear that this morning. We need to hear that months and years from now. We need to hear that. We need to receive that into our minds and into our hearts and into our spirits and into our souls. We need to hold on to that because we have an adversary that will tell us differently. And we need to be able to stand firm and stare at him and tell him the truth that God sees me. God will not forsake me. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you tell me. I know the truth. And my God cannot lie. It's not that he does not lie. He cannot lie. 
So let's sing this again. If you can, I invite you to stand. If you're, if you, if you're, if you're, if you're willing, I just ask you to lift your hands and praise and worship to God. And let's go this through the song again, and let's just focus on Him, not the many things that we're going through, not the busyness of our lives, not the person beside us, in front of us, behind us. Let's just focus on Him. Let's just take a few minutes and minister to Him and allow Him to minister to us. And if you just want to soak in the Lord, and you just want to close your eyes, even if you don't know the words, and you just want to soak in the presence of the Lord, I invite you to do that. If you need to come forward and kneel and pray, I invite you to do that. If you need somebody to come and pray with you, I invite you to go get somebody to come pray with you. There's nothing to be embarrassed about, nothing to be ashamed of. We all need prayer, and we all need to be here for each other. And I know it's hard sometimes. We need to allow others to be here for us. We need to allow others to be here for us because, you know, we try to be strong sometimes, and, and we are strong in the Lord, but sometimes we need help, and that's okay. That's okay. So I just invite you to be free if you just want to stay where you are, if you want to come to the front, if you want to kneel, whatever it is. Just focus on the Lord this morning. So faithful, so constant, so loving and so true, so powerful, all you do, you feel me, you see me, you know my every
Put Jeremiah 29:11 on the screen, please.
Nice Fox. Say something about it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, mighty King. Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty King. My Bible says to give you an expected end. An expected end. You see, he's already seen your end. He's already seen it take place. Amen. Hallelujah. And we can have that comfort and peace in Jesus Christ. Amen. Because God has already seen from the beginning to the end. Hallelujah. He knows your tomorrow as much as he knows your day today and your past yesterday. Hallelujah. He knows where you're going better than I know. You know yourself. Amen. Glory to God. He has an expected end for each and every one of us. Amen. Oh, and the word before that, the next verse before that, amen, it said, even though you've been in Babylon for 20 years, this is the word that I have for you. Some of you have been in Babylon for a long time, amen. Ah, sometimes I think I've been in Babylon for a long time, amen. But that don't change the truth that my God's got an expected end for me, hallelujah. He's got an expected end for you and me, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we sang about it today. That's why we trust him. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. Amen. Hallelujah. Terry, could you help Brother Roy with the communion this morning? We want to take a few minutes here and receive communion this morning. Hallelujah. I just thank the Lord and I praise the Lord for putting his services together. Amen. I praise God for what he's doing. Hallelujah. And I want to thank God for the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, because without that blood... We wouldn't be here right now. That blood that he shed on that cross at Calvary for you and me, amen. The blood that has washed our sins away, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That blood that according to Hebrews speaks a better testimony for you and me than we can speak ourselves, amen. Oh, I truly enjoy a blood that speaks for me, amen. Not only do we have a Redeemer that's seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for the saints of God, we've got a blood that that Redeemer has already shed, amen, that's speaking for the saints of God right now. 
So when you go through that moment where you make that choice or that decision, amen, that leads you into a wrong path, just know that you've got the blood of Jesus that's speaking on your behalf even before you speak yourself, amen. See, we don't hardly grasp that. We don't hardly understand that because we've assumed too much on our own selves, amen. Jesus Christ already assumed it all on that cross at Calvary upon himself, hallelujah. And it's because of his blood, hallelujah, that he's already taken care of it all. Hallelujah. Well, today we're going to do a little remembering as we sang about earlier. I just love it, man, when that takes place. Everything you said a minute ago, I just grinning from ear to ear, amen. When God puts it together, it's just so awesome. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to receive communion today to remember that blood, amen. To remember that sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on that cross at Calvary. Amen. Hallelujah. The blood that was shed for you and me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I hope I prepared enough this morning. Amen. That's right. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your grace, your love, your might, your power. We thank you for your spirit that leads and guides us, amen, into all truth. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, we just bring every thought into subjection unto you right now. And we cast down every imagination that would try to exalt itself above you, Lord Jesus. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, I want us just to take a few minutes. And I know we all have had busy weeks, amen. And I know we're faced with things. I know we got stuff going on in our lives. And Let's just take a few moments and let's just relax before the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just submit ourselves to you right now. We surrender our complete and total being to you right now. To honor you, to worship you, hallelujah, to love on you because you first loved us. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, mighty King. And Father, as we receive this communion today, Lord God, we just thank you and we praise you that you shed that blood on the cross at Calvary. We thank you, Lord, for the body that, that ushered in that blood into this earth that made you a, 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 a natural being just like as we are in Jesus' name. And your body was filled with that blood that would be that perfect and ultimate blood, hallelujah, shed as a sacrifice after the order of what we see the priest doing in the Old Testament, amen, with the lambs, amen. 
Father, we thank you that the very Lamb of God left the very glories of heaven, came to this earth, walked as we walk, amen, and did it flawlessly, amen, without sin, and then went to that cross and took all the sin of humanity upon himself before him while he was in this earth, and after he would leave this earth, took all that sin upon himself in Jesus' name, hallelujah, and carried it and killed it there on that cross because of the blood. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, mighty King, that you dealt with our sin on our behalf for us. That's where our faith takes us, Lord. That's what we believe the Word teaches us, Lord. And yes, Lord, that's why we trust in you. No matter what we're faced with, we still trust in you. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Church, as you hold this cracker in your hand, as I've told you many times, don't view it as a cracker. Just view it as the blood of, or, or, or the body of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we hold a portion of the body of Jesus in our hands. That body that was broken. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That body that was sacrificed for all humanity. Amen. We hold that in our hands. And as we're going to receive this body here in just a moment, amen, we do it in remembrance of him. Hallelujah. Every time we come together and we receive communion, we do it in remembrance of the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one and only that went to that cross for you and me. So Lord, right now in Jesus' name, as we hold this body in our hand today, we say thank you. We say thank you. Thank you that you went to that cross. Thank you for the body that carried your blood to that cross. Thank you. And Lord, as we receive this today, we receive it in remembrance of you as being your body in Jesus' name. Let us receive of the body today. had received of that bread or that body if you will he took the cup and he says as you drink of this cup do the same thing you drink it in remembrance of me and what I'm about to do for you that he's already done for us amen so as we hold this cup in our hand today we hold the blood of Jesus Christ in our hand right now Father, in Jesus' mighty name, as we, as we receive this cup today, we receive the blood of Jesus. And we do so in remembrance of you, Lord Jesus, until you come, is what your word says. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for shedding your blood on that cross at Calvary that allows us to enter into the very glory of heaven itself. 
We thank you and we praise you that that blood washes our sins away. Hallelujah. As we accept that blood, as we accept that, that, that sacrifice, amen, that you made on that cross at Calvary, as we believe upon you as being the Son of God that went to the cross, died on the cross, went into the grave, resurrected up out of the grave, and ascended up to be seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. We receive this cup today believing upon you and trusting in your shed blood and what your blood means for us today because we chose to accept what you did on that cross. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to choose you. And Lord, today we receive of this cup in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name, let us drink of the blood today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, church, just begin to thank him in your own way. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Pastor Mark.
just thank you and we praise you, Lord, for your blood. Mm. The mighty, wonderful workings of the blood of Jesus. The perfect and ultimate sacrifice for you and me. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. Can you say amen? Ah, oh, God is so good. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, praise and worship team. Let's give them a great big hand clap. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. We are truly so blessed and honored and fortunate to have a praise and worship team like we have. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We have a, a special guest speaker today. Amen. Hallelujah. And I promise you they won't take no more than an hour or two. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Uh, we want, uh, Sister Phyllis just went through a surgery here uh, a few weeks back, and, and she's going to come. Some things took place in that surgery that she needs to share and that we need her to share uh, with her church family. Amen. And uh, Phyllis, if you could come and prepare to do that. Um, let's see. Want that one? Okay. Roy, can you grab that microphone with you? And I'll grab a chair here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to kind of put you right here so you can maybe see around the pole or. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I figured Roy would get his own. Just kidding. Just kidding, Brother Roy. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Well, before we start, I just wanted to say a quick prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for who you are, first and foremost. Father God, this is out of norm for me. I need your strength where I am weak. Father God, I want to use this testimony only to lift you up, Father God, and to edify the people here. This is my thoughts and my prayers before you, Lord. Amen. I wrote out my testimony because I wanted to go smooth and quick and because I'm not a public speaker and I didn't want to be bouncing around from this point to that point. There was things that took place during surgery, but there's a whole story before surgery. The 
The scripture teaches us that we shall overcome by our testimony and the word of mouth. That is why I'm doing this today. So much has happened to me, and I do not want to underestimate any part of it. Therefore, I want to point out some of the fine points of it. I want to I start off by saying that the word Roy talks about test, which is the abbreviation for thoughts, ideals, and imaginations. I'm sorry. He's always correcting me. <laughs> test stands for thoughts, ideals, and suggestions. I'm nervous, you guys. You're right. <laughs> He's been talking about TIS for several years now. We have all heard it so often that we sometimes make light of it. TIS. I've learned a new appreciation for this word TIS. Thoughts, ideals, and suggestions through all this. Last March, nearly a year ago, one of my greatest battles in my life, and I must say, in my mind, began. Your mind is the battlefield, and scripture teaches that Satan is roaring about seeking whom he may devour, to seek, kill, and destroy us. That was his goal for me. In March, I was hospitalized for an upper respiratory infection. An MR scan was done. They told me that the scan showed that my thyroid was large and that I needed to have a biopsy and as soon as possible. Well, tests began. Thoughts, ideals, and suggestions began. All the what ifs and the ands. And boy, did I have them. So a month later in April, my first biopsy was done. When the results came back, all they would tell me was that the results showed that it was suspicious with undetermined tissue results and that I was to seek the advice of a specialist. Again, the sooner the better that it could be cancer. TISC elevates. In my mind, I now have something concrete to worry about. Remember, the mind is the battlefield. Now, because Roy still works, I spend a lot of time alone. When alone, unsettling thoughts come. Tis. Thoughts, ideals, and suggestions. When they would come, I would start to cry. But soon I would always realize, and I would always cry out to God for him to give me a word or something to hold on to. And guess what? He always would. One of my favorite things that he reminded me was the scripture in 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I, I've heard that scripture many times during my Christian walk, but I never thought of it quite like I did now. God has not given us a spirit of fear. 
but he's given us power. Power to tread upon that serpent. And he's given us a sound mind. Now remember, tests kept coming. But God's word says he gives me a sound mind. I remember telling one of my doctors that I know just enough medically to know what could happen, but yet not enough to be dangerous. She agreed that she experiences this same thought from time to time herself. You know, they don't know everything. Well, in May, my doctor, family doctor, makes me an appointment with an ENT. That's an ear, nose, and throat specialist. It takes me about a month to get in to see her. And in my mind, Tisk, you know, it's the battlefield. Tisk kept saying, this isn't acceptable. They're just wasting my time. This thing is growing, whatever it is, you know, fear. In June, I got to see the ENT. Now, I must say that I feel that I am a woman of strong faith. But by this time, this thing is really starting to shake me. <coughs> Four months into this battle, I began to entertain all sorts of frightening thoughts. Tiss. If Roy was home, I would cry to him with the fears I had. He always told me, Honey, just as God told Paul, bring your thoughts into captivity. I must have heard that a hundred times. <laughs> to the point I kept thinking, just shut up. I don't want to hear it anymore. You know, I, I was in my own world. You know, Tiss was doing a number on me. In August, I kept my regular appointment with my pulmonologist. We discussed my e-asthma, at which time he gave me three to five years to live. Unless I agreed to take this new drug that's on the market, and if it worked, then I could have a little longer. Well, drugs and I do not get along. So I had a great fear of this drug. But in view of what he told me, I told him I would try it. Then we talked about my thyroid condition. He informs me that an ENT doctor was not good enough for what I had. He tells me that I need to go see an endocrinologist. An endocrinologist is a doctor who specializes in thyroid and adrenal glands only. Tiss continues to elevate. Now, you know, I've had these thoughts. I've been given three to five years to live. I had to worry about this new drug, whether I could take it or not, because my body rejects a lot of drugs. Plus, now I have to see this new doctor that specializes in cancer. The next day, again, I was alone. Roy was working, and I started to talk to God. And in my fears, I started crying and asked God for some answers to why this was happening to me. 
What do I do, God? And then God comes back in his still, quiet voice, and he says, rest in me. Rest in me. That's all he said was rest in me. Now, that sounded good, and it ministered to me for a moment, and then those test thoughts came back. Well, what does rest in me mean? Does it mean to just wait and see, to have peace, or simply simply trust in me? You know, it's good if you go home to be with God, you're with him. If you stay here, you get to be with your loved one. But what does it mean? Test. The following Sunday, God impressed me to ask for the help of all my church family, you people. You are my church family, my immediate church family. I ask you to lay hands on me and to pray. Before prayer, I could see Jeanette laying her hands on my throat and praying. I did not know till after I made the suggestion that she saw the same vision. Well, in my mind, I thought, wow, I'm going to be healed. This is it. I'm going to be healed. Well, September rolls around. I saw the endocrinologist for the first time. Why there? He's already set up. He does an MRI scan again. He does another biopsy. And he does more blood work on me. You know, after the church had prayed, I was thinking and expecting for this thyroid condition to be gone, for me to be healed, because you guys prayed for me. I saw this in my mind. Jeanette saw it in her mind. I expected it. This is what I expected, but it wasn't so. The endocrinologist then set me down without getting the results back from the biopsy yet. And he just told me that the possibility of cancer of the thyroid, it was great. And in the view of three to five years that the pulmonologist would give me, whether I should think about writing this condition out to see which would overtake me first, the thyroid condition or the three to five years. It was a hard discussion. He also let me know that the scan in the hospital back in March showed that I had a mass on one of my adrenal glands and that he needed to do an MRI to get a better idea of what was going on here. You know, you can't live without your adrenal glands. Now I'm being told I've got a mass. Well, needless to say, Tisk was having a field day. Here, possibly cancer here, my, my throat, and then on my adrenal glands. Where was it to go from here? That was my mind. Needless to say, six months into this, Tisk's thoughts, ideals, and suggestions were getting stronger. I now have a, more things to worry about. 
cancer, the adrenal gland, the results of his biopsy. What's to happen from here? Now on the 7th of June, I will be married to this man, my Roy, for 55 years. Yay! I deserve a medal. <laughs> I deserve more than a medal. <laughs> oh! I'll pay for that later on. Uh, all of our Christian life together, now get this, and this is true. All of our Christian life together, Roy has always prayed, and he's always just demonstrated a tower of faith and strength before me. In James 5.15, the scripture says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Roy prays, and he always just leaves it right there with God, and he doesn't worry about anything. This man could lay down in the middle of a tornado and not worry about it. In fact, he did do that one night. Yeah, I did. And I tried to make him get up. <laughs> you know, we gotta get we gotta get the kids to safety. We he wasn't worried about anything. He prayed, and that was it. Went right back to sleep. Went back to sleep. <laughs> So now, by this time, several months into this thing, I'm asking Roy two questions. And remember, I have a lot of faith in what he tells me. I'm asking Roy two questions. And I did it once or twice a day, whenever it hits the rack. I'd say, honey, have you been praying for me? And his answer was always. Yes, honey, I'm always praying for you. And then here was my second question. Am I going to be okay? Am I going to live and be able to stay here with you? And his answer was always. Yes, honey, I pray. I feel peace in my heart about this situation. I feel in my heart that you're going to be all right. And no alarms. It and was no always alarms. no alarms. I didn't feel anything in my spirit, in my heart. Felt peace. So that would make me feel better somewhat. Now the test and biopsy reports in. This is from the endocrinologist. And he says the biopsy numbers indicate cancer. And the endocrinologist now wants me to go see an endocrinologist surgeon one who specializes in thyroid cancer and surgery. As he makes the appointment with the endocrinologist at UK, I'm thinking, I'm just getting bounced from doctor to doctor to doctor. So here I go. To the endocrinologist again, and yet she does another scan and biopsy. This is the third one. And I'm still holding out, and I'm still thinking it's going to be gone. There's not going to be anything there. But it never was that way. For some reason, I was to see this thing through. The endocrinologist surgeon told me the right side of the thyroid was completely eat up with the disease. The left side looked great. 
She told me it was the size of a golf ball and it was moving down in behind the breastbone. Then she proceeds to tell me that it's a slow-growing cancer. The next place it would go would be into my lungs, which she said would be a whole new ball game. Remember, this was only the 1st of October. I'd already been seven months into this thing. Still, my healing hadn't manifested. I was still walking through this nightmare. For the next three months following, practically every night, when a test thought would come to me, I'd ask Roy over and over again, Honey, am I going to be okay? Seems weak on my part, doesn't it? But no, remember, the mind is the battlefield. And Satan was working overtime to kill and destroy me. That is his purpose. He's not going to let up on us at any given time until the day Jesus comes back. We are all under attack. So I was no different. Although I may be weak once in a while, God's word protected me. I quoted God's word. I said I could do all things through Jesus Christ with strength. Amen. And in Romans 8, 28, I said, All things work together for good to them who loved God and are called according to his purpose. And I, I want you to know, you know, Satan even attacked God's word. I knew I loved God. That's the first part of that scripture. I knew I loved him. I told him I loved him. But the second part says, and are called according to his purpose. So then I started questioning, am I called? Who am I? What's my purpose? Tisk. <coughs> Satan was attacking that. So then here the second, the next scripture that I, I really learned, really trust a lot. 2 Timothy 1.7, again, God has not given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I had to keep quoting that to myself. No fear, but I've got power, and I'm to have a sound mind through Jesus Christ. Well, now surgery date was set for November the 14th. But a week before that, I developed an upper respiratory infection. Surgery had to be canceled. A new surgery date was set, December the 19th. Well, <laughs> a week before that date, I had kidney stones with obstruction in the urinary tract, sent to St. Joe and had to do surgery. After surgery, they had problems getting me off the ventilator. The anesthesiologist spoke to me at that time and told me to talk seriously to the anesthesiologist team that was going to be doing the thyroid surgery because that surgery was going to be like two and a half, three times longer, and they may not get me off the ventilator. You know, I could die. Well, there was a whole new thought, a whole new worry, a whole new set of thoughts, ideals, and suggestions from Tisk. 
Again, surgery was canceled. This was the second time. Now my surgery date was set for January the 23rd. Nine months into this. By this time, Tis was having a field day with me. I've already been postponed twice. Now listen to what Tis did to me this time. I had people asking, as well as myself asking, and thinking, if two surgery dates have already been postponed, was this to be a sign to me that I should not go through with this surgery? Do I just try and ride this out? Do I just have faith that, you know, God's going to heal this? One person even told me of herbs and spices, and then if I take them, I'd be healed. And then I had Michael. Michael come to see me one day, and we sat down to talk. And he got a little upset. He did not want me to have the surgery. He said if I did not have the surgery, then I could stay here longer with him. And if I did have the surgery, I'd be gone. I wouldn't be here with him or his daddy. He had fears. But I reminded him what he had told me. Not more than a month earlier when we were talking about death. God says when it's time, it's time. And it's okay. When God says it's time, it's okay. It's his perfect will. It's okay. So he was all right, but so then I started being tossed to and fro. I remember the battlefield of the mind, and I can remember this happening to me, to me one other time in my Christian walk when I was being tossed to and fro, and God let me know right then and there that that was not of him. So this is what I did. I put a fleece out before God. The Friday before surgery, I had to go back to the endocrinologist team. They had to make a decision whether or not they were willing to do the surgery and where because of the ventilator problem. I prayed the night before and I prayed the morning of before the appointment. I said that if he wanted me to go through this surgery, then before I leave that office, you give me complete peace. And that's what he did. Before I left that office, a complete peace just came over me. And I can honestly say I walked out of that office, and for the first time I had a smile on my face for a, that I hadn't had for a long time. God said surgery was on. And, that, and you know, when God says to do it, then there's no fear. But the question was still in my mind. Which way is God going to go with this? Am I going to come home to be with him, or am I going to stay here to be with my Roy? Well, the day before surgery, I'm home alone again. 
And guess what? Tis. Thoughts, ideals, and suggestions show up. So I started praying. And at one point, I got so angry with God. I started yelling at him, and I said, Why is this happening to me? Am I not your child? Do you not love me? Why do you not love me? I've done everything you've ever asked of me. I ask prayer from your church body, church body. I call for the elders of my church, as your word instructed, to lay hands on me and pray the prayer of faith that I might be healed. You know, God says to come to him in all in spirit and all truth, and, and that's what I do because he knows it anyway. You can't hide anything from God. But for the first time, God did not answer me. That was a lonely feeling. I did not hear anything for God from him as to whether he loved me or not. So now I'm asking myself, why must I go through all this? Usually when surgery is needed, you set a date and you just go right on in and do it. But it wasn't in this case. It took months and seeing several doctors before I could have this particular surgery. God had other plans. I was to learn from this. And there was something in this for you all. I felt my faith was becoming so weak. Therefore, I found myself relying and quoting on this scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, 9, and it says, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And I kept asking God to forgive me. Forgive me of my weaknesses and to be strong in me. Because he says that his strength is made perfect in weakness. Now I said all this to say this. Surgery date is finally here. Now here's the part that I think that God wants you all to hear. This is the part that will edify and lift you up. After surgery, upon waking up, I remember vividly what happened to me during surgery. I was lying on the table when they were doing surgery. I do not know if this was in the beginning, the middle, or the end of it. But I believe with what took place that it was the beginning. To better visualize this, if you could just shut your eyes and see what I'm about to tell you. I was lying on the operating table and I began feeling a lot of severe pressure and pain through my forehead and all the way down my face. It was so heavy. 
and it hurt so bad. And I couldn't imagine what it was. So I tried to squint my eyes open enough to see it. And this is what I saw. It was like a football field just stretched out from my forehead all the way down my face. And on this football field, I could see many people in roles. And they were in tackling position like a football player. And they were ready to tackle. And I was thinking, what? what's going on, you know? You know, I, I could think that. And then, and all of a sudden, these people, these roles of people, they were across my forehead. They started to rise. And they started to run down the field, tackling like a football player. And they were tackling all this that was on the lower end of the field. And as they were running and they were tackling, all this pain and this pressure and this fear, everything, was lifting off of me and they were taking it with them. And as they left the field, I felt total peace no pain, and I was just simply floating. When I woke up, and I remembered this, God showed me that these people that were in the tackling position were you guys. You were my church family. And you were tackling the enemy on my behalf, your prayers, your prayers were tackling the enemy. And all this heaviness and this pain and, and everything, it just went right with you. You all just tackled it and then you just took it right out the door. You know, after surgery, I wasn't supposed to be able to speak. <laughs> when I got back to my room, there was Roy, and there was Steve with that cheesy grin. <laughs> and I couldn't wait to tell him what happened. <laughs> I wanted to share this. I don't want to lose my place. This is so important. Remember, ladies, that I quoted the scripture that... Oh. <laughs> Remember, ladies, I quoted the scripture that the effectual fervent prayer of a man, a righteous man, availeth much. This word man here is interchangeable with the word woman. 
which could also make the scripture read the effectual fervent prayer of a man or woman availeth much. This I truly believe, because when I was squinting to see the people sitting on my forehead, I could make out one person, only one. I saw her clearly, and I could even hear her voice. There was a man sitting beside her. There were several people, but I could make there was a man beside her. But I couldn't make out who he was. But this one woman was Kay Franklin. Thank you, Kay, for being one of them. Now, I know that lots of you prayed. And I think God had the reason for showing me one woman for sure. And it is to let you know, all you ladies know, that your prayers are also effectual, fervent prayers. And that you too can lay hands on a person and they be healed. That was the purpose of him showing me a woman. And I could make her out so clearly. It also spoke volumes to my heart about my church family and how important they were to me. Thank God that when you're a Christian, you're in a special family of God. They are all your brothers and sisters. And we're here for each other. You know, this is one other thing I wanted to share. You know, I told you as you were tackling all the pressure and the pain that all left. But now I'm going to tell you what else happened. A week after surgery, I had to go back to see the endocrinologist surgeon. While there, they gave me my biopsy reports from the surgery. And there was no cancer to be found. No cancer to be found. Now, you all not only prayed for me and tackled this situation for my mind, but you also chased that cancer out with it. Amen. No cancer was found. What does that tell you? And, and I just, I had to praise and thank God for that. Well, on the way home, we had to stop at Walmart because Roy had to go in and get new prescriptions. And again, I'm sitting in the truck. I've learned to sit well, like a dog, you know. I go, I sit in the truck, and I sit well. That's the way my life's been since I don't walk very well. So anyway, I'm sitting there. And remember, if you recall, I told you I yelled at God, and I questioned him if he loved me. Well, I was sitting there, and I was just thanking God that there was no cancer. He reminded me, see, I told you I loved you. God spoke to my heart that day, and he told me he loved me. All that time, I was questioning. But I guess God knew that things had to be proven to me. <laughs> and he told me, see, I told you I loved you. 
And I started to cry again. And I thank God because now I know. I never really took this word tisk and its power, thoughts, ideals, and suggestions to heart much. But after this experience, I realized how strong of a teaching it is and actually where the battlefield is because I went through nine to ten months of this. The battlefield of the mind and how it affects you emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Actually, what it can do to you. It can really make you sick. I just thank God that I was his child. I thank God that I knew enough of his word to come back against it. Because it really, you know, it could have really taken me down. But I also wanted, Roy and I wanted to say thank you to each and every one of you. We appreciate our church family. We appreciate all the food you brought to us. Ladies, it was so good. Roy. He enjoyed it. <laughs> he ate and ate and ate. He really enjoyed it. But you know. that guy on TV on UK commercials? Exhausted. But you know, all of our life, Roy and I both were taught growing up, you never ask anything of anybody and you never took anything. You made your own way. So this was a new experience for us. But it was so nice and we are just so thankful and so grateful that we're in this family and that you all loved us that much. That has really spoke volumes to us. Hasn't it? Yes, it. I got proof. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hide it. <laughs> Do you want to say anything else? I just want to say praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. You know, I've got to add this because I've thought of this often. You all remember Frida Rogers. Most of you don't. Before she died one time, she was in the hospital. And I went to visit her. And I remembered I laid my hands upon her. And we prayed together. And Frida came back with this. Phyllis, you've got the power of healing in you. And I'm thinking, that crazy lady. I don't have any power of healing in my hand. I don't have the boldness for that to pray for anybody. That's silly. But you know what? With going what I've gone through, I remember that Jesus went about laying hands on people and praying for them. The scripture says that we shall also do the same. Each one of us. And you proved it here. You laid hands on me. I didn't see the healing at that very moment. But it was there. I had to learn a few things before I could see it. But you all have the power of of healing in your hands. 
It's in your mouth. Just speaking God's word and believing in what he said. So now I have new appreciation for the power of healing. And, you know, I struggled with that. You know, our own little girl died. And I could believe for anything but healing. And I have to be honest. I pray for people for healing. But when you went through what we went through, and she still died, it makes you question in your heart about healing. And I'm open and I'm honest about it. But now with what I've been through and what I've seen and what God's taught me, that's gone. I don't think I'll ever question the power of healing again. And I'd be willing to lay my hand on anybody now I've been can pray for. I don't have the gift of words, but I have God's gift. We all do. And you all need to know this. I want this to lift you up and to edify you up. Because you're my church family. You're the ones that prayed for me first. And I really believe that's where my healing started. I just didn't see it. But I thank God. He's chose to leave me here with my Roy. He can't get along without me. <laughs> he proves that all the time. He's so forgetful. <laughs> I love you guys. I love you all. No, I'm just kidding. I just want to say real quickly that, yes, we appreciate everything that was done, the prayers, the food, phone calls. It just means a lot. Amen. But, you know, one thing that's really strengthened me through all this, and, and if you know me for a while, you've probably had, had me to tell you this, that you're going to come up against things that you can't handle. You know, I, I'm doing a study, and all that's happened this morning, the singing, the communion, her testimony, it all goes right in with this study that I'm Praise doing. Praise the Lord. And <clears throat> God sometimes wants us, and he'll let us, He'll, and I, he'll let us get to the point that we will get so low and we'll finally realize that I can't handle this. He'll let you. I promise you. And I can show you in Scripture. Well, yeah, she, she done it. But he'll, let, he'll want you to get to the point. And, and what he's doing, he's, I'm, I'm getting ahead of my study. He's letting you get to the point to where he wants you to re uh, rely on him, on him. Amen. And he'll let you get to the point to where you don't have nowhere to look but up. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. And this, this is part of my study that I'm doing. I'm trying, I, I don't want to share all this study, but anyway, it's got with Peter walking on the water. 
Now, I'm going to share it one of these days with the church. But he allowed Peter to watch these waves and everything, and it says Peter began to sink. And Jesus was watching him sink, and Jesus did not react to, to Peter until Peter said, Lord, save me. And what he was, I really believe in this study, he was teaching Peter, Peter, you can't do it on your own. You have to keep your eyes on me. And that's the same way we are. I, I really believe, and, I, and we've learned this through here, through this, that there's things in our lives that we cannot control, we can't handle, it's out of our hands, and you just have to say, God, into your hand, I commit whatever it is. And when you can, and believe me, it takes a lot of faith. I've, I've talked with Steve a lot about this. It's a lot of faith. It takes a lot of faith to truly mean it from your heart. To say, God, into your hands, I commit this situation. What you're doing is you're putting your trust in him that he's going to take this situation under control and he's going to work it out to your good. And I, that's what I've learned. I, there was a lot of nights, I'm just be honest with you. I know I, <clears throat> I kept telling her, honey, take, take these thoughts captive. I thank so God for that scripture. And I kept telling her, honey, it's, it's in your mind. Satan's playing with your mind with these thoughts and these ideals. But there's a lot of nights I said, God, I've done all I can do. And I just commit my wife into your hands. Amen. And when we did that, well, she's still here. <clears throat> yeah. But the thing of it is, we were really expecting the cancer. We really were. Well, well, yeah, we were told. And then when that, that uh, doctor told us, said there was no cancer involved. No trace of cancer. I thought, thank you, God. Well, we, we even told that, that doctor sitting in there about, you remember? But you know once your cancer can almost return. But I was, <clears throat> we just, just kind of had a little church meeting right there in that doctor's office. Roy told but, that doctor. He, uh, they wanted me to go in there and some medication just to relax me now. But I told him, I said, I'm thankful, but I feel bad. I'm about to cry. I've got him for her. He will always pick me back up. That's what I told him. Then Roy comes back with, yes, and I think that over the last few months you've grown a lot closer to God. Amen. Amen. That's what he told her. Amen. But anyway, just to wrap it up, <clears throat> thank you once again for your love. Thank God for his grace and his mercy and his healing power. Amen. 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 Brother Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Brian, tell us how I like to know one thing. Yes, sir. 
if if either one of you gets more biscuits than you can handle, would you call Eugene himself? <laughs> I guess you want some gravy to go along with that. Uh, if you if you've got some extra, yeah. <laughs> if not, I can make it. Burn my cook. I was I was hint hint. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's really amazing to me. Uh, a couple of things that Phyllis mentioned uh, is actually, you know, she could have preached my at least part of my message on it today. That's just the way God does things. Amen. Um, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> a couple of things I want to bring out to you. And I don't completely understand everything right now. Um, but this house is doing, it's not normal. Amen. That's not a bad thing. As long as you're following God's lead. And just like with Phyllis's healing, and I've seen this with other people's healings, we go in to minister to people and pray for people too many times with a preconceived notion of how it's supposed to work out. And what we need to do is we just need to do our part, go in and see them to pray for them, and let God work it out how he wants to work it out. Amen. That's our trust that we sang about earlier, praise the Lord, in God that he's going to take care of it and he's going to do what his word says to do. We're just a vehicle that his spirit is flowing through that is speaking his word to activate God's manifestation in somebody's life. Okay, so one of the things that really touched my heart as you were speaking, Phils, was what I just said. So as you move forward and you go into situations, don't have a preconceived notion of how it's supposed to work out. You do what you're supposed to do, speak in that word, trust in God, and let God work it out. Amen. And yes, Roy, you're correct. It takes a lot of faith to leave things in God's hands. And we see that. I'll, I'll talk about me. I see that in my own life because I try to take care of things myself. Okay? So I'm not exercising my faith and leaving a situation in God's hand, whatever that situation might be. Amen. So I want to encourage you on that. Don't have any preconceived notions as to how things are supposed to work out with God. One of the things I was going to talk about today, we see in his word um, that Phyllis also touched on is... Sometimes we just don't have strength to do what we need to do. And we need to depend on others to do it. Look at Jesus. He was beat, whipped. He couldn't carry his own cross. We talked about this Wednesday night, Wednesday night Bible study. He couldn't carry his own cross. Is that right? Or am I just repeating the movie? No, no that's what I see in the Word. He couldn't carry his own cross, so they called Simon... The, the Cyrenian, I believe it is, he had come in from the country. They just picked him out of the crowd. Hey, you come here, buddy, and you carry this cross for him. And he took the cross 
which I cannot imagine what was going through his mind. Here he was carrying the cross, he's going to crucify the Son of God. So anyway, he took the cross and carried the cross for Jesus, and so the cross would be at a place on that hill called Golgotha to be positioned and set up to crucify our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So sometimes in our lives, we need other people to pick it up and carry it for us. We need other people to stand in the gap for us. Amen. And that's what happened with you, Phyllis. That's that dream, that vision, whatever it was, that our scriptural, we were going to talk about another vision that Peter had today, that our scriptural, amen, that's that vision that God gave you where your church family, I can't say that word enough, because that's another thing that's happening with this house that is not normal. Every church likes to call themselves a family. Amen. But you show me the church that's operating like a family. You got real quiet then. That's okay. This family was right there in her vision, gobbling up the enemy on her behalf. God was using you. When you prayed in August, when you prayed, we sent out them prayer texts and everything. You were praying then, amen. God has been using you to get her to the place to where he wanted her to be. Now, my preconceived notion is this. Come on now, I know I'm getting loud, but I'm starting to get excited. My preconceived notion is, is that last August, Phyllis comes up here and we pray for her and boom, the very next test bears it out. There ain't no cancer. Okay. That's what I believe. And that's what I see in the word sometimes. There's times in the word that they didn't get it immediately. Yet there's times in the word where it says, and immediately, right? So that's why we got to back up and we got to say, okay, Lord, we're praying your word. We're trusting your word. We're trusting you. Now you manifest this thing according to your own perfect will. Because his perfect will is yea and amen, just like his promise. That'll preach. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless God. Those are two things that really touched me, uh, Phyllis, as you were speaking there, and, and it's very significant, I believe. Um, so one of the things I want to talk about there, uh, just for a few minutes, I'm only going to keep you a few more minutes, and then we're going to go our way, amen. We are family. This house is family in Christ Jesus. If I do not call you enough, you've got a telephone, and that telephone works both ways. Okay? Now, don't get mad at me. Don't get angry at me for saying that. I worry about not calling you. But I'll be honest with you. I, mean, I know it don't look like, hey, pr- praise the Lord, by the way, I've had a great week. Amen. Going to bed early. I've done lost, I lost six pounds this week. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And I'm down, to God be all the glory, I'm down 15 pounds from my highest point about a month ago. And I had no idea I was even losing weight. Now, this week I had an idea. Amen. Thank you all for your prayers. Keep praying for me. It's working. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord, don't let me get sidetracked. Hallelujah. Oh, I do that all the time. We're going to have to shut the gates on them trails, them rabbit trails. Pastor Mark, you can help me shut them gates, brother. 
on them rabbit trails. We're family. We're family in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We mean more to each other than most in our lives. We mean more to each other than most in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Family's not perfect. But love for each other covers a multitude of sins. As long as we got that love for each other. Amen. Praise the Lord. Family extends a hand up. Family does not just receive a handout. Family is family. Amen. Praise the Lord. Family offers grace, mercy, and love to each other. As family moves the kingdom of God forward together. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So I want you to understand something else that, that God is really stern in this house. Is that we are family. I won't do that again. And everybody said, praise the Lord. <laughs> oh my. Can we erase that, brother? So we're family, okay? If I don't call you enough or you don't call me enough, I know I can use that phone. Sometimes, guys, when I sit down at night, it's too late to call you or it's too late to text you. Sometimes when you sit down, it's too late to text me or whatever. I know we're all busy, but we got to quit using that as an excuse. Come on, most of us do. It's a true excuse. Is that even a thing? I mean, it's there and it's true. It's part of our lives. But we're still family. And I believe this thing that took place, one thing God's wanting to tell us is you all have each other's back. You may not be there every minute of every day, but you're still there if someone is, it, it needs something. And you all are still here if we need something. I'm here, Jeanette's here, if you need something. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. Amen. As family, we walk after the Spirit, even toward one another and how we view one another. Amen. There's things that I might do that you don't like. There's things you might do that I don't like. But because of love, mercy, and grace, we are still family. Amen. You, you see what I'm saying? I believe that's what God's telling us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I believe just like the disciples and Jesus were family. The early church was a family. There were things that took place because they operated in one heart and one accord as family. God's been working on this for a couple of years now. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Roy, you got... I just got one quick thing that just comes to my mind. You know, we're a family, but we're not in-laws. <laughs> we're all blood-related. That's good. Through the blood of Jesus, we're all related. Blood-related. Not just in-laws or outlaws. We're blood. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. So last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to let y'all go. Amen. You don't have to say praise the Lord on that one. Hallelujah. Is 
God's saying that we're in this thing together. We are to take care of each other. We are to take care of each other together. When you're weak, I stand in the gap to help you be strong. When I'm weak, you stand in the gap to help me be strong. We're in this together. I mean, after all, we're going to spend eternity with each other. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank, uh, thank you all for your patience. Amen. I think Miss Jeanette's got something very important that she needs to, needs to say today. And um, So let's let her have a few minutes here as she says what's on her heart. Thank you all. I love you all, and I appreciate each and every one of you. We're here. Me and Jeanette are here for you all. Anything that we can do. I promise you, when you all do call or text me and you have a need, I tell you, everything else in my life goes down here and that need comes up here. And I hope that you have felt that. Even though I, if I don't call you or, or reach out to you enough, I hope you felt that. Because that's what I want to do. That's what family does for each other. Amen. Honey, go ahead. I know it's late, so I apologize, but uh, I need my family. Um I need you all to stand in the gap for me. Uh, I found out this past Monday that I need to have open heart surgery and have my mitral valve replaced. So I am scheduled 10 days from today to have my mitral valve replaced. And uh, I just need my family. Amen. I need you all to pray for me and I need you all to pray for us. It's going to be a really tough recovery, tough process. Um, we'll probably both be out of church for at least a couple of weeks. They're telling me that once I get out of the hospital that uh, I won't be able to be left alone for a couple of weeks and won't be able to drive for about six weeks and all of that. Um, but I just need, I need my family. She's been a real trooper through this, you all, and, and uh, she's not one that really shares a whole lot, and um, she's uh, very kind of quiet and that type thing when it comes to herself, um, but uh, I'm going to turn this over, Roy, to you and Brent and Pastor Mark, you all. Do what you all feel led to do.
commander's objections to your word. God, in Jesus' name, we as a family, God, just like Brother Steve said, we're a family. And I ask you, God, as a family, you lead us, God. You direct us, God, on how we can minister to each and every person.
Mary, God, and just think about your word. Think about your word, God. And let your word, God, bring peace. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord of the Oh, God. In Jesus' name. God, this is my spouse of unbelief and what is and what is what is. God help Larry to replace those thoughts with your word. Oh, Jesus. Give him that peace, God. That peace that passes all understanding. Lord, we just commit our brother unto you. Yes, Jesus, precious for your patience today and um, just a couple of quick announcements amen <laughs> praise the Lord hallelujah <laughs> praise the Lord y'all are good I just joy of the Lord I like to hear it amen I like to hear it Donna <laughs> yeah <laughs> ah praise the Lord praise the Lord God is so good. Hallelujah. 
Uh, we're going to lift up uh, somebody here in prayer, uh, another person as we're closing today. Men, uh, just a, a quick announcement. We need a teacher to uh, help with Children's Church, the age group of 8 to 11 years old. We have one, but we like to have two teachers in that age group so uh, they can rotate weeks and, and not just one person is doing it every week. So if you're willing to do that for a little while, uh, please see myself or uh, uh, Elder Brent Wilson, and uh, uh, we'll put you on that rotation, and that'll be a significant help so uh, people aren't having to do that class every week. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't forget Easter's coming up uh, March 31st. Please begin to uh, start ministering to people and inviting them to church. That is one of those Sundays that people will come to church uh, throughout the year that they don't typically or won't normally come to church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to lift this person up in prayer today, amen, and uh, as we dismiss. But just know we're here for each other. We're here for you, amen. So don't forget, hallelujah. Let's pray. You know, I, I kind of like that setup going on over there. We're starting to fill that wall, amen, hallelujah. Can I call that a vision that's coming where people are standing around the walls? Amen, praise God. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We praise you, Lord, for what you've done in this house. We thank you, Lord God, and we praise you for what you did in Roy and Phyllis's life, Lord, and how you used this house with the brother and a sister, Lord God. Father, to you be all the glory for this testimony that was shared today, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, for the testimonies you are creating in people in this house, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, right now we want to lift up Miss Wells to you in Jesus' name. We speak to her body in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, and we command that body to be raised up in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. We thank you and we praise you for ministering to her in the name of Jesus. Father, just move upon her right now wherever she is Lord and minister to her every good and perfect work from above that you desire to do with her right now and Lord we pray for the family we ask that you minister to that family and grant that family peace that passes all understanding in Jesus mighty name we thank you Lord for strength moving upon them right now for clarity moving upon them right now and most of all for your spirit moving upon that family in the name of Jesus we give you the glory and the honor in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, Lord, as we go throughout this coming week, we thank you for being with us, Father, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would go before us and prepare the hearts of all that we're going to come into contact with, that that heart would be molded and shaped, hallelujah, Lord God, and softened to receive your word as we, your people, take the kingdom of God forward by speaking your word into people's lives. We give you the glory and the honor, O oh God, in Jesus' name, and let the house of the Lord say amen. God bless you.